Yeah! How about that, Kirk? That's a pretty uh, fancy introduction right there. You're a Raider, pre-half and post. <laughs> He's got you all covered. He's got you locked in and ready to go. Uh, job well done always by Chris, man. Job well done. Absolutely. So, all right, let's get – I, I want to get right to this because I just want to make sure, like, like Chris said there a second ago, you and I have done a million shows together, right? Yeah. That for, since, since the Rams have come back to Los Angeles, you and I have been doing those games from the jump. So you and I have spent a lot of time together. We've gotten to know each other pretty well. And if I could be so bold, I would say that you and I have become friends over the last yes. six years. Is oh, that all right? On, yeah, we're guys. We're pals. We're good. Okay, good. So <laughs> with that in mind, I have to tell you something. You have a very high bar to clear today. Because oh, wow. my man DeMarco Farr came in hot yesterday. Here's <laughs> here's here's what you have to uh, surpass today on okay. the show. Yesterday I found out that DeMarco Farr eats a quarter pounder without ever taking it out of the box. Wait, what? It never, it, <laughs> it never leaves the box. He opens the box and puts his face in the box so he can eat it while he drives so nothing <laughs> spills out of the box. That's the sort of insight that I need you to bring to this show today. Uh, I can't do that. When you talk about quarter pounder, are we talking about McDonald's quarter pounder? Yes. Are we, yeah. See, I, I've uh, I've I've graduated from the McDonald's quarter pounders. Okay. Now, if he was talking about the In and Out burger with uh, eating it with, through the wrap, that's a little bit different. You know that that, that little that little uh, film the little, that they put around, and yeah, it always has paper. that extra bit. It has that extra piece of cheese. Of course. Don't act like I'm the only one that eats that extra piece of cheese that's caught up on the little wrapping around the In and Out burger. Look, that little cheese, little gold nugget at the bottom of the paper is <laughs> yes. is arguably the best thing about the burger. It, it's just it's it's like you know what it is. I never I even know, thought I of it. Like that's this. what it's called the golden the golden. It's the gold nugget. cheese nugget at the bottom. But what it basically is, it's like the prize in a in a in a box of Cracker Jack. Remember when you'd go to the ballpark and you'd get a Cracker Jack and you go through maybe get the little plastic ring or the whistle or if you were yeah. really lucky you'd get the tattoos. Yep, remember I that? remember. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. Only it's the same prize every time, and it's a great prize, the little cheese nugget. I just wanted to kind of – that you're really to power through the paper is a good start. That's a good yeah, start there we to go. today's show. All right, I got you, man. I, you, you told me he set the bar high, and now it's my duty to go out and take care of business. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's get right to what we saw last night at Dodger Stadium. And, Kirk, I don't remember the last time I've said these words. The Dodgers picked the game off the Giants last night. It took, it took such a yeah. long time to get there, but here we are because it was, what, three weeks ago where Will Smith hits that walk-off home run against the Giants to bring them within a couple of games. You're thinking, okay, here we go. The, the yeah. Dodgers are finally going to catch fire. They're going to go past the Giants. The Giants are going to kind of come back to the pack just a little bit. Well, fast forward nearly a month later, and they extended their lead. They finally <laughs> got one last night. The Giants finally lost, and the Dodgers finally won. Yeah, and, and I've been saying it for a while, Travis. If you're the Dodgers, you can't focus on what's in front of you. Don't focus on the Giants. Focus on yourself. And I thought that was what you saw last night was a, a game in which you can create pressure by always peeking at what the Giants are doing. Or you can sit back, Travis, and say, you know what? Let's go play our game. Let's go have a little fun. Let's go do what we're supposed to do. And look, that stuff will take care of itself. How many times have we heard people say that? Hey, that stuff will take care of itself. Do what you're supposed to do. That's what I saw from the Dodgers last night. It looked, gave me kind of what I've seen from Dodgers games in the past. Like, you're supposed to win the game that you're supposed to, right? Like, that's yeah. a game that you got to win. Let's just be honest. That team is not as good as you. You got to win, no. though. And so I remember I had a coach in high school who used to always say the same thing, like, I know they don't have the same talent as you, but they still have an opportunity. 
don't let them have that opportunity. And last night from the beginning, it was like the Dodgers stepped on their throats and just never let up. No, they they did what they like you said. They've beaten the Pirates fifteen times in a row. You you <laughs> right. you are a former professional athlete, so yeah. you'll understand this as well as anybody. And football is maybe a little bit different, but it's not entirely different. If both teams are getting paid in professional right. sports, yes. no one should ever beat the other guy fifteen times in a row. <laughs> ever. Right? No. Look, the, the the Pirates are not as good as the Dodgers, that goes without saying. But the Pirates have Major League Baseball players. They have guys that are getting paid to play baseball. They should be able to win more than zero out of 15. And the Dodgers continued to put it on them last night. That was the good news for them. And, and there's a couple of other things that took place last night, Kirk, that I think are super important and really positive for the Dodgers. And just, A, you can finally look up. And, and I, I kind of agree with you when you're saying you only can worry about what you have control of, which is playing good baseball. Yeah. But when you go out there and you win, I think the Dodgers have won. They've won 12 of their last 15. That's yeah. playing pretty damn good baseball. And yeah. you look up and you've made up one game. That's pretty <laughs> discouraging. Yeah. That's pretty discouraging to think about it like that. So, I, I, you know, I get worry about yourself. But here's what happened last night that was great. They didn't use any of their bullpen. They went out there and took care of business with basically two pitchers. They went out there and had the starting pitcher go out, Justin Brule, and he pitched an inning and two-thirds, okay? And then they brought in Mitch White, and he pitched the rest of the game. He went seven and a third innings, didn't give up any runs, struck out a handful of guys along the way, six, only walked a couple, only gave up a couple of hits, and for the first time seemingly forever, they didn't have to burn through everybody in their bullpen. The Dodgers had a laugher easy game for the first time where they didn't use bullpen guys in I don't know how long. Yeah, and this is what you the expectation was this season, right? That you've got some starters that can take you into the deep innings, maybe bring in a relief here or two, but you don't have to rely on that that that, that relief pitching innings five, six, seven, and eight, right? You need someone that can get you to the seventh, maybe even past the seventh, and then you have enough arms that you feel like if needed, we can go to them, but we don't want to have to rely on them. Last night was not relying on on arms in the bullpen last night white did what he was supposed to do and i was just kind of watching and it felt like it 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 also woke up the bats too Mm -hmm. right if you know you've got a pitcher who's out there dealing you know what i can take some free swings i'm not always worrying to have to do what just make contact because we just need we just need base runner like oh no he oh he's dealing okay (laughs) i'm gonna try to take a couple big swings and that's what you saw guys were just like you know what it's you can tell the difference, and I knew that. And I, I go back to my career on this one, Travis. There, uh, Jamarcus Russell was the quarterback with me with the Raiders. I remember. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, know, I know it's not my place to apologize for that, but I feel like somebody owes you an apology for yeah. saddling you with Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> I'm just saying those prime years of my career, Travis, just kind of gone. But I'm gonna be honest. But I knew going into the game that I, me myself, and the defense we would have to be perfect. Like there was no room for error. There was no room for, could I take a chance here? Do I not take a chance? Hey, there's an opportunity for an interception. There's an opportunity for me to go back door on a play. You know, I had to stay true to what the defense was asked of me to do. I had to stay true to what the game plan was. There was no hero ball. There was no freelance. Mm-hmm. But if you got a situation where you have a quarterback or you have a pitcher in this case, who's doing everything right you actually have the confidence that, you know what, an 0-2 count here, I'm, I'm sitting for a curveball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, 3 and I'm, I'm going to take a chance at trying to hit one, yeah. a 3-0 fastball. You can't do that if you felt like, oh, I got a pitcher who is kind of shaky 
this may be a low-scoring game, I'm more worried about getting on base than rather just free hitting. So when we were talking with DeMarco yesterday, he was laughing at me. He was calling me a delusional Dodger fan because <laughs> I, what, what I said was yesterday that even though the Dodgers at the time were four games back and even though the Dodgers had played really good baseball for a couple of weeks, they hadn't chipped away in any of the, the lead that the Giants has put together. He's like, why do you think they're going to win the division? And my answer was pretty simple because they're better. I know that you know. I know that their record says that they're not. I know that they're behind the Giants, so therefore the Giants are air quotes better. Right. But I go player for player. I go position for pitch and position. I go pitcher to pitcher. I go right on down the line. The Dodgers have better guys at virtually every spot. There, there, there's not. You know, maybe you could argue Buster Posey over Will Smith. Maybe, maybe right. not. <laughs> maybe but not. Yeah. There, there, there's a whole bunch of guys that you'd rather have off the Dodger roster than the Giants roster. I still feel like the Dodgers are going to win this division. I don't feel comfortable enough to bet my house on it, but I feel comfortable enough to say it out loud over and over and over again. Am I being a delusional Dodger fan, or as as you see it, do the Dodgers still have the you know the label, the team to beat around their neck, even though they're three games behind the Giants? I think it's just chipping away slowly. It's not going to happen overnight. I think that's what happens is that people want it to happen overnight. They want to catch up right away. It is going to be a slow, slow pace to this race. But I think it's going to wind up being one of those fun last two weeks of the season where every game feels like a playoff game because nobody wants to be in the wild card. Nobody wants to have that one game scenario of are we in or are we not? I like having the situation that the Dodgers are going to have that last two weeks of playing ba- of playing playoff type baseball that will even gear them up for the postseason, whether they're in the the division series or they have mm-hmm. to play in a wild card game. These last two weeks, whenever when when they come up are going to be fun because now you are playing for a division title. You are playing. Your matchups are going to be about that. You won't be just laxed, right? You, you're not that team in the NFL who's got the first round by. And, right. Like, no, you're you're playing and you're going to. And how many times have we seen it? We've seen it in the NBA with the playing teams. We've seen it wild card games uh, in, in football. We see it a lot now in baseball. Remember before it was like you wanted to be in the wild card because it almost guaranteed you a spot. Remember for a couple of years, that couple of year stretch, Travis. Sure. Where teams would be in a wild card, and all of a sudden they're playing for a World Series. Like how the did that Nats happen? did it a couple of years ago. <laughs> like how did that happen? Yeah. Because you learn, you feel like, hey, we've been in these pressure situations before. That may be what's best for the Dodgers anyway. That last couple of weeks of the season being in contention to, I think, overtake the uh, the Giants. I like where your head is on that wild card thing. I'd still very much like to never have to play in it. I, one and done in baseball I, I is a pretty Trust terrifying me. proposition. Yeah, that, that that scares me. So here's the other part of this. I asked Slee this, was it last week, guys, maybe the week before? Like, if, okay. if you had to say, who's the MVP of the Dodgers right now? There are maybe four or five guys that you could have thrown in as as legitimate answers. And certainly, Chris Taylor has to be on the list. Walker right. Bueller has to be on the list. I think you could put a guy like A.J. Pollock on the list because he's a guy that's getting hits every single night. I think he had three more hits last night. Mm-hmm. He cooled off a little bit prior to that, but he's had a really good season. And then, of course, Max Muncy was on the list as well. Not only has Max Muncy clearly separated himself from that group on the Dodgers as far as most valuable player on the Dodgers, 
I don't know if he hasn't put himself right smack in the middle of the MVP conversation for the National League at Holkirk because look around right now. The, 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 yeah. the field is wide open. There's, you look in the American League, if you think it's somebody other than Shohei Otani, you shouldn't be allowed to talk about baseball. Okay, that, we're, we're done. If you, if you think I, – I get it. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is awesome. Awesome, yeah. He ain't the MVP. Stop. No. <laughs> Just stop. So over there, that's, that's an easy one. That's the easiest decision anybody will ever have to make. But in the National League, you've got Fernando Tatis, who yeah. is fantastic. He's missed a lot of games. His yes. team's 12 games out of first place. Right. Okay? You've got Bryce Harper who's three and a half games out of first place, not in a wild card position either. You've got Jesse Winker from the Reds, who's nine and a half games out of first place and not in a wild card position. Max Muncy's the best player on the second best player, or excuse me, the second best team in the National League that has a comfortable lock on a playoff position, still is the betting favorite to win their division. I don't know how it isn't Max Muncy at this point. No, I, I agree with you on that point. And I think the only thing that's going to help out is that over the next couple of weeks, right, as we wind down this season, a lot more Dodger games will be televised nationally mm-hmm. because they all mean something. They all matter. And that's where people who are voters may take a look at Muncie a little bit more than the beginning of the season like Tatis was. Like Tatis was the beginning of the season. He was like, oh, wow. And the Padres were a great story. Look how quick that fizzled out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember that was a rivalry, by the way, between the Dodgers and the Padres? They still Whatever beat the Dodgers like a drum. But the Padres, <laughs> the wind has come out of their sails. They, since the All-Star break, the Padres have not only not been very good, they've been bad. They've been bad. Really bad. Yeah. And so are we rewarding Tatis as a good player on a team that's third in their division, that's not even in the playoff hunt right now? Um, th- that's why I think that Muncie has definitely put himself – uh, I, I think in good company. Will he win? Is there a little bit of Dodger fatigue when it comes to those awards? You know what I mean? It's like an That's question. another thing. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just like, hey, we're tired of giving Because you can give it to someone on the Dodgers every year. Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> like, just because they're one of the good teams uh, in baseball. But that is one of the difficult situations I think baseball writers have to figure out. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the Dodger fatigue. It's an embarrassment of riches. They have yes. a right fielder who's an MVP who's not even playing right now. Mm-hmm. They've got a center fielder who's an MVP who can't get the ball out of the infield most nights. You've got a deadlock cinch Hall of Famer that's on the rack right now in Clayton Kershaw who's won an MVP in multiple signing mm-hmm. awards. Why not throw in a fourth MVP and a guy who you pulled off of the scrap heap a couple of years ago from the Oakland A's? It's just it's unbelievable how good they are at A, spending their money, B, identifying players, and then just C, kind of giving them an opportunity to thrive. All right. I mentioned him a second ago. In 15 minutes, we're going to talk about Shohei. Is he having the best season in the history of baseball? But coming up next, is a ball game the best place to take a date? And can the Dodgers learn anything from Tampa Bay and their Super Bowl run from last year? That's coming up next. This is Travis and Slee with Kirk's in for Slee. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You got me started on the little uh, gold nugget of, of cheese in the corner, Kirk, and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, little, I'm a little preoccupied at this point. 
<laughs> I, I just love that part of it, man. I'm serious. Like, I take if you're at home and you take that In and Out burger out out of the wrapper, and all of a sudden you see these little cheese nuggets still on the wrapper, <laughs> and you got to figure out what's the best way to take them off. So it's like I place the wrapper on the With counter your and like slide my <laughs> finger up the paper, and then like it like wedges the cheese up almost like you're digging yeah. that. No, yeah. that's, all right. That's too much. Too much info, man. No, too that's much. that's a that's very good technique. I you you should open. You should do like a YouTube tutorial. Here, hi everybody. I'm Kirk Morrison, and when I eat a double double. You can, do, you, you can do one like that. And next I think thing that you know, I got my good. own YouTube channel. See? Look at Travis. Always forward thinking. Appreciate Always that. Always thinking. Always <laughs> thinking. Uh, I want to read this tweet from you, or to you, I should say. This is from Duran, and he writes, Hey, is there such a thing as a seven-tool player? Because the Angels have one. Um, we're going to get to Otani coming up in a little bit, but it, it really is something else, Kirk, to see Otani do what he's doing. And I, I, I have such mixed feelings because – it's such an extraordinary accomplishment, and it's so unique, and it is the most jaw-dropping thing I've ever seen. But the games are just—they just don't matter. It's weird. It's—it's it's bad, Travis. It really is. It's almost to a point where you're kind of doing what NBA players talk about a lot when they see good players in bad situations, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Just free that man, free him." Yeah, because well, the the markets are just—it's just not it, man. Like no, free him. It, it's yeah, it's Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, something like that. Absolutely. All right, we'll get to Otani coming up here in just a few minutes. But right now, it's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And we were talking this morning, Kirk, and I thought you said something that I had not heard anybody else say that really makes a ton of sense to me. And in particular, the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers connect to the Los Angeles Dodgers and how those two things may come together. Yeah, because I was just looking at. For me, I always look at playoff teams, or that's not playoff championship teams mm-hmm. how was the run what was the run like you can go back to the the lakers uh throughout the bubble and how they finally to manage through the bubble and won a championship no matter how they did it they did it same thing with the dodgers a year ago uh, a pandemic championship but they found a way to win a world series everybody had a level playing field when it comes this year to watching the dodgers yeah they're coming in as marked men they're coming in as the team that everybody wants to be the defending champions i understand that but I looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just won the Super Bowl. And sometimes you just look at, wow, great run, they won. But people forget about how it started. How did that season start? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not one of the best teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They actually had a rough start. Tom Brady's first year in Tampa. And I want people to remember the New Orleans Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice. Soundly. Like beat them bad twice. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, it, New Orleans, it's this and that. And I'm like, Kirk, okay. let me stop you right there. I don't mean to yeah. cut you off, but I, I think you make a great point that not only did uh, New Orleans do that to Tampa in their division, but remember the Monday night game where the Rams went out to Tampa and Jared Goff looked like good Jared Goff <laughs> against that Tampa up. team? And then even at the end when the Rams kept giving the ball back to Tampa, giving Tampa a chance to kind of hang around, mm-hmm. Tom Brady wasn't able to do that Tom Brady kind of thing. And, and I remember you and I talking about it thinking, yeah. This is not a championship team. This does no. not look like the Tom Brady that we've seen in New England. You can almost scratch them off the list and, well, shows you what I know. <laughs> because then you have time to realize, okay, there's still a lot left ahead. And the Dodgers have a lot left ahead. So did the Buccaneers. They found a way uh, to, after a bye week, they never lost, Travis. They won, like I believe, uh, what, six, seven games in a row, basically the final part of their season. And then they went into a wild card game 
against the team that we just talked about, the New Orleans Saints, that beat them down twice prior mm-hmm. uh, in the season. But in the playoffs, the Buccaneers beat them. And I'm thinking, could that be the situation with the Dodgers right now? Could that be that Dodgers Giants series if it happens, right? The team that beat you up during the regular season, but you got healthy at the right time because right now we're not even watching the the best Dodgers, right? We're mm-hmm. watching. Man, and I brought this up to you. Earlier. Are we watching the authentic version or a replica version? <laughs> like seriously, for all those people who like authentic jerseys or replica jerseys, this is not an authentic Dodgers team right now. It's the replica. It's the one that they're putting out there, hoping that you're excited about wearing it. Yeah, you always but in see reality, it from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> it's that jersey that you know you can't put in in in, in the dryer. It, it's the jersey that you know you got to get a good wash, maybe even a hand wash because you're yeah, scared to even put it in the, the wash. <laughs> just warm water in the sink with soap, right? Yeah. Because this Dodgers team, I'm looking, I'm saying, like, they are not they're not they're not authentic yet. They yet. will be authentic in the coming weeks. They will get guys off the injured list. They will get guys finally playing, and we'll see the authentic Dodgers at a time where people are throwing stones at them. All of a sudden they're healthy and they can go on that run and be right back in the World Series. The Buccaneers, the same thing. They had a a rough start, and then all of a sudden they got healthy, things started to click, and now they were the best team in the NFL at the end of the year, the last team standing. That's all the Dodgers have to worry about is being the last team standing. Now, look, you have fun. You do what you got to do. You're getting beat up by some teams. You're beating other teams up. But as long as you're healthy at the right time, there's not a team in Major League Baseball, I think, that can beat the Dodgers when they're healthy, when they're full, and when they're authentic. Yeah, there, there's a, a lot there, Kirk. I want to go back. You, you mentioned the uh, replica jersey that you're not allowed to put in the dryer. You know, you get the authentic one. First right. of all, that one costs like 300 bucks, so not it a lot does. of people are, are, are rolling around in an authentic one. My, my first replica jersey, by the way, do you know what my first replica jersey was? Hold on, let me think. My so first how old, for, give, me, give me how old you were when you got it. I believe, golly, my first football replica jersey. Okay. And I'm not talking about one of those ones that you get with the helmet and the shoulder pads and all right. that stuff. Yeah, in the yeah. Box. no, the, the kind you get like Foot Locker, right? That kind right. of deal. My first replica jersey my dad bought me. Okay, so how how old were you roughly? Uh, I had to say you try, teeny- had to be like 10, 11. Okay, so you were like still that. a little kid. Was yeah, it a, a champion jersey? So I'm it might thinking, have been a champion jersey. But You grew it, up in the Bay Area. I grew up in the Bay Area, yep. You're 10 years old. Yeah, and you are a football player, and you're on the defensive side of the ball. I know that you were you're on the East Bay, so it's not yeah. a 49er. It's got to be a Raider. Correct. Um, it's going it's going to blow your mind. Tim Brown. No, heck no. <laughs> and the thing about it, I got it. On, it was it was on discount. I could tell because the dude wasn't even on the team anymore. I got a, had a Jeff Hostetler Raider jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. With number 15, right? Number 15, Jeff Hostetler, yeah. yes. There you go. I love it. So you've got the pet, you've, I should say you've got the authentic one, real expensive, real nice. Correct. You've got the replica one. You've got to be careful putting it in the wash. Right. Because I had the Dodger T-shirt that they would, you would get at the game, right? And you could, yep. and the second you put it on, you felt like Steve Garvey. Like, hey, no, Leo, <laughs> check me out. I'm Steve Garvey right here. Look, I, I'm Steve Garvey. I got, got the shirt. What do you mean I'm not Steve Garvey? And then you'd put it in the wash, and instead of saying Dodgers on the front, it'd say, it, like the, the front and the end of the Dodgers had fallen off, and you really couldn't even, like, what, friends would be like, what, what the hell is that? Like, what, huh? What's an Odds? 
It doesn't even look like you got anything going. So you got it there. So that's I like your comparison between the Dodgers being an authentic oh, or a replica. But what you're talking about, if I have this right, yeah, you're talking about pedigree. Yeah, the 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 Tampa Bay Bucks had pedigree, right? Correct. Tom Brady has pedigree. Maybe more so than anyone else. Rob Gronkowski has a pedigree that those guys coming in, they know exactly what they're doing. It may not click right away, but there's no question that they're going to figure it out. There's no question that the pieces are going to come together because they've done it before. There's nothing that you're going to throw at them that they haven't seen before. Stop me if this doesn't sound exactly like the Dodgers. You think that, look, Clayton Kershaw hasn't pitched in a while, and who knows when he's coming back. He did play catch the other day. Hopefully he's on his way back. Mookie hasn't played very much this season. But when you get into the the, the postseason, you think Mookie's going to be scared? You think Clayton Kershaw's going to be the least bit uncomfortable? You think any of the Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer or Trey Turner or Chris Taylor or Max Muncy or any of these guys, when they get in the box, are like, oh, my gosh, this is the playoffs. What do we do now? (laughs) Hell no. They're they're, going to be as comfortable – because it's it's like you said, it's pedigree and it's yeah. talent. And also, too, you're not pressing the panic button yet. I mean, guys will play hurt, right? Guys are on the IL now. I get it. But you're still in August. Once you get to September, you just know, like, okay, I got, you're going to have to play hurt. That's just what it is. Um, I mean, I think we applaud Anthony Davis last year, but we knew he was hurt. Like, the growing was hurt. But it's like, I got to be out there. I want to be out there. Now, he just couldn't do it, but you understand it. Same thing with the Dodgers. They are going to get healthy at the right time. They will be healthy. They got to go. Yeah. All right. Let's take our first phone call today. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Let's go to Justin. Justin, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up, Jay? Hey, guys. Uh, you know what this team really reminds me of is the 2018 team where they had to kind of chase down the Rockies, play a game 163. Mm-hmm. But you just knew that there's something's going to eventually click. They're chasing down a team that's not as good as them, and eventually those guys are going to come back. The Giants have been standing on their heads all year long, and you, they said keep waiting for that bad stretch. They're not going to have a bad, bad stretch, but they could have, like I think Travis said the other day, like a 5-5, five and five, and suddenly you're two games back. And then it's September, and you have that three-game series with them and suddenly you end up that series and you're, you're a game up on them after it. It feels like they're slowly chasing down a team that they're just that much better than. Yeah, I, I think there's something there, Justin. appreciate the phone call. Kirk, are you a fan of track at all? Do you, like, you oh, know? yeah. I, okay. I love track and field, especially in the Olympics, right? I love track. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so you've watched a million races, especially when you get to the races like the 400 and the 800, right? Yeah. Every yeah, once uh, yeah, in a while. Anything over the 800, that's long distance for me. That's what I turn off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So but the, yeah. that, I, I'm, by the way, the 400 is long distance for me. Let's just exactly. The 200 is long distance, but that's a story for another day. But this is what I'm talking about. You see a guy that's drafting off that guy in the front, right? And even if that guy's right. at a pace that he's at a lot faster than he typically is, and maybe you're a little further back than you'd like to be, once you catch that guy, you're going right by him, and he's not going past you again. Yeah. Once you pass them, that's a wrap. And this kind of feels like what it is with the Dodgers. The Giants probably have a little more of a lead than the Dodgers were comfortable with, but if the Dodgers can catch them and go past them, you're not running past them again before the finish line. If the Dodgers get there and go by – they're going to be able to hold them off. You don't you don't pass and then fall back and then pass again. That's not how it works. No, it's not at all. And look, the pace setter right now is the Giants. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you feel that steam and you get to that final stretch, and you always know somebody's nipping at your heels. That's the one thing. The, the Giants don't have to look backwards. They don't have to look. They can hear. 
they can hear the Dodgers right now. See, I see all the pressures on the Giants to maintain the lead that they have. The Dodgers are the underdog because they're playing catch up. It's a lot easier to play catch up than it is to maintain. All right, we're going to get back to the Dodgers coming up in a little bit. But coming up next, we got, I should say, in 15 minutes, we got Bunch of Punch coming up. Next is Shohei Otani. What he is doing is absolutely amazing. But is it the greatest season in the history of baseball? We will get into it next. It's Travis and Slee with Kirk in for Slee. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You ready for this, Kirk? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Francis in Glendale says, did that Jeff Hostetler jersey come with a fake mustache? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, 10-year-old Kirk Morrison (laughs) rolling around with a Jeff Hostetler jersey with a little taped-on plastic mustache. It's so good. <laughs> that was one of the better stashes, right? He's 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 first team all mustache. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, for sure. He, him and Raleigh fingers, right? They're, yeah. they're they're right up near the top. That has to be absolutely surreal for you. And I know that we've talked about this a couple different times, but as a kid growing up in the East Bay, as a huge Raider fan, to end up yeah. playing for the Raiders, did you? How many times a day were you like, "Is this really happening to me?" Man, it's so many times I go back, Travis, and just think about it. Because I sat in the same seats, you know, like I sat in the seats as a fan, you know, rain, mm-hmm. sleet, snow, it doesn't matter, too hot, it didn't matter. I was in those same stands, and then all of a sudden I was looking down on what I wanted to be at one point, and it just it, it happened. And so I always go back to my first preseason game. When people say preseason games don't matter, Travis, they do, because I remember I'm going out to a preseason game, first one. Literally, North Turner, who was the head coach, says, all right, Morrison, you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here now, so go go make it happen. And he took me out of my focus, Travis. He took me out of my focus because I was so locked in on playing in a preseason game that it never occurred to me that, like, I'm, like, living out a dream that I thought would never happen. And so here I am coming out of the, the tunnel, and I'm over here weeping like a baby. Like a big, giant baby, like weeping <laughs> to a point where I remember Warren Sapp, who was my teammate, said, I don't know if we can have a middle linebacker crying like this. Like, I was crying for a preseason game, Travis, because, like, all the Shut emotions. Shut up, Sapp. I'm, I'm, I'm emotional here. Let me <laughs> have my emotion, moment. The, all the emotions hit me at one time. It hit me hard, too, Travis. Yeah. But, of yeah, course. always, always. Very Great cool. memories, though. Very cool. Travis and Sleeves brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So, Kirk, a dude last night hit his 40th home run. That's the most in Major League Baseball. Correct. He was the pitcher in an American League game when he hit his 40th home run, and it wasn't because he was mopping up like Jose Canseco a million years ago. He was picking up his eighth win. Yeah. He's 8-1. and one. He struck out eight guys last night, and he walked none. And like we said a few minutes ago, Shohei Otani is – the American League MVP, and he doesn't need to throw another pitch or hit another home run. He's the MVP. It's over. It's it's just over. The question that's starting to get tossed around in, is this the greatest season of all time? And 
it's the most jaw-dropping season of all time to me. It is the most indescribable season of all time because I, I don't know how to articulate what this is. I, I've tried to come up with other analogies. This would be like a guy sacking the quarterback 15 times and throwing 45 touchdown passes. That's what he's doing. <laughs> right. Okay, that, that, that's, what, that's what he's doing. It just, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't, doesn't come together in any understandable way. But I don't know if it can be the greatest season of all time when the team is a 500 team, they're they're on the fringes, barely, barely, barely relevant in a wild card race. Something extraordinarily weird would have to happen for them to slide into the playoffs. Can it be the greatest season of all time if the games that you're playing really aren't that important? It's it's extraordinary, but I don't know if it's the best season ever. No, I, I don't believe it's the best season ever. It, it's it's honestly a season in which no one is even truly paying attention to outside of Orange County, maybe LA County it stretches to, but like Major League mm-hmm. Baseball uh as a as a whole, yeah, we're keeping our eye on Otani because it's great. But I just feel like he's being shortchanged because these games should be on national television every night. These games should be watched um as this team should be in a pennant race. Right? And I know Mike Trout's hurt, but man, if Mike Trout and Shohei Otani both are out there playing, it should be must see TV. Like, there's no way that mm-hmm. I look at what the Dodgers are doing and I'm saying I love watching them and we know their names. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who's on the Angels outside of Shohei Otani because I'm not watching anybody yeah. else on the team. I am watching Shohei and Shohei only. And I say, look, you could just bring cut-ins of Shohei Otani. That's what you should start doing. I know the Angels aren't a good baseball team right now. But if we're watching national games, if we're watching Do- – let's just give me a small box – all right, a little picture in He's picture. coming up. Yeah. Hey, coming yeah, I, up, Shohei Otani's back. That's the only way that you can get more understanding of what he's doing because right now, I'll be honest, he a lot of people are just look at the box score at the end of the night and say, oh, Otani had a great game, and that's it. I don't even need yeah. to see the highlights. So, oh, Otani did great. Pitched eight and had a homer. Good. Next page. Like, that's just how it is right now. It, it, it's such a shame because what he's doing is unprecedented. To say that it's great doesn't even begin to cover it. It's unprecedented. We've ne- we we know that Pape Ruth hit and pitched and did really right. well doing both, but you know he didn't do this. We, we've no. never seen a guy hit forty home runs and be eight and one and strike out eight guys and not. I mean, this is this is unprecedented. And I I just keep coming back to Mike Trout. Mike Trout's missed most of the season with a calf injury. Hopefully, he comes back before the end of the year. But who knows? The I I, I don't know. Mike Trout's been in the major leagues ten years. Really? Ten years. Really? Yeah. I, it, like, honestly, I Do feel you? like it's only been five, but ten? Ten. And has ten. he won a playoff game? <laughs> no. Zero. He's only played in three of them. They got right. swept by the Royals. They lost Owen. Th- they lost boom, 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 three in a yeah. row, which, you know, whatever. That happens. But to only have been – Mike Trout is Willie Mays. Okay, he's Willie Mays. He needs to play, you know, another five or eight years to continue to play like this to to put up those. But this is a guy that can run. This is a guy that catches everything. This is a guy that hits for power. This is a guy that gets on base. This is a guy that he's he's as complete a package as you could ever want to see. And he's been in the league 10 years and hasn't won a playoff game. And it's not because he hasn't done anything. It's because the Angels don't pitch. Yep. And I look at Otani. And I'm thinking we're really not going to have Willie Mays in center field and Babe Ruth as our DH and number one pitcher <laughs> and not play in the playoffs, right? That's not really going to happen. But that's what's happened so far. And it's just extraordinary to think about what this phenomenon would be if it was on a team that was that was good. 
on a team. Think if Shohei Otani picked up his eighth win and hit his 40th home run last night on the Yankees as they're trying to reel down the Jays and trying to get back into the wild card spot. Think, think about the hysteria that would come along with that. I mean, it would lead SportsCenter. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. It would be the leading topic on SportsCenter. Otani does magic again, right? That That's just what it would be. But for right now, it's – it's in a, a market that's a little bit different, right? It's kind of a quirky market. This is a Dodgers market. So mm-hmm. predominantly a lot of Southern California fans are Dodger fans. The Angels fans are more of a regional, it more of an Orange County. Now you get a little bit of spread outside of it, but not much. And so when you don't necessarily have that national brand, it is going to be difficult for Shohei Otani. It is going to be difficult for Mike Trout. But to think that Mike Trout has been in the league 10 years and – we can't. I can't give you a magical Mike Trout playoff moment. I can't give you that World Series moment like that. To me, it his career can't go that way because think about it. Look, he's won awards, MVPs. All that's great. But if you actually right now give me your Mike Trout moment, yeah, I don't have one, Travis. I don't I think about it. I don't have one. I can't say you remember what Mike Trout did. Wait, no, I can't. No, right. Wait, you remember what Mike Trout. I've seen him catch a homer. I mean, steal a homer. I've seen him hit homers. I, I just don't have that moment that's locked in my brain that says, man, I remember that one time that he hit a home run when they were down 0-2 in game two of the division series. I don't have that. Put, put simply as possible, Cody Bellinger has had more of those moments, and he's a quarter of the player. Cody <laughs> Bellinger has home runs in the World Series, robbing Correct. Tatis in the playoffs. We remember him like they were yesterday because they happened in the playoffs. Yep. Mike Trout hasn't had a chance to do that. Lots more on Otani. If that's not the greatest season ever, which one is? Go ahead and weigh in on that, 877-710-ESPN. And, 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 if you had to choose Otani or Trout, which way are you going right there? We'll get into all of that. But coming up next, it's Bunch of Funch. This is Travis and Slee. Kirk in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Hey, what if you could put the same type of rigor that pro leagues use for players into your hiring process? Well, you can when you use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. And then you can invite your top choices to apply for your job. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. <laughs> this is a pretty good answer right here. <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. The question on Twitter, Kirk, was, is Shohei having the best season of all time? Our, the, the ESPN LA handle tweeted that out, and somebody responded, it is. If, if, if they're talking about the Angels on 710, it must be. So there you go. <laughs> that goes to speak to what we were talking about, how how good he's been. Lots more Otani, and what do you do, Otani Trout coming up? But first, it's a bunch of fun. What do you got for us? Bunch. All right, guys, you know the name Jaquincy McKinstry. Jaquincy McKinstry? No. Okay, he's a freshman cornerback on the Alabama football team, and he may have just gotten the best endorsement deal based on his Uh-oh. nickname. Is this Kool-Aid? This is Kool-Aid. This is Kool-Aid. Yeah, okay. This is Kool-Aid. <laughs> now, his nickname is Kool-Aid. He's even listed oh. as Kool-Aid on a Crimson Tide official roster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. do you guys know the story? Kool-Aid reached out to him, the, the drink. They reached out to McKinstry, and they said, hey, you know, let's make a deal. You know, now college athletes can do that now. Yeah. Um, so, they both traded their Instagrams and their Twitter accounts for today. Uh, yesterday, actually. And... 
you know, I'm just fascinated with this dude's name because it's like the best name I've ever heard in sports. Kool-Aid McKinstry. <laughs> oh, really? Good. Yeah, that's his name, Kool-Aid McKinstry. So with that in mind, fellas, what are some of the best names in sports? I'll start with you, Travis. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just, are we talking nicknames here? Is that where we're going with? No, or nicknames we, or original like names. Given names. Given names, nicknames, you tell me. Okay, well, so as far as just nicknames go there's there's one that's always kind of stood out to me they, you know you could go big hurt with frank thomas that's a good yeah. one you go big unit with frank, with uh, randy johnson that's a good <laughs> one but there was a little known guy i think he made an all-star team or two he's on some good teams you guys remember travis hafner he played first base for the indians for a long time yeah, i remember the name yeah, uh-huh. yeah so travis he had he resembled um shrek a little bit okay, <laughs> okay. and so but they they called him pronk because the, he was half project and half donkey. So they decided that they were going <laughs> to nickname him Pronk, which is still my, my favorite sports nickname of all time. Funny. But is this like Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, kind of. Except for I'm not entirely sure where the onk part of this comes, but there you go, Pronk. Kirk? Uh, well, I got to use my college football background here um, because there are some awesome names this year, Travis, Emily. Funch, um, guys who you can watch. Um, North Carolina, UNC, they have a defensive back by the name of, government name, Storm Duck. Storm like Duck. Duck. Like a duck yes. on water? Storm Duck. That's his name. Man, that's, Storm that's Duck. That's even better. Number 29 <laughs> for them. Uh, one of the best names in college football right now, running back over at Kentucky. Cavassier Smoke. Cavassier. Oh, that's pretty oh good. Oh my god. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and- you know what? Speaking of that, there was a he was he was at ASU last year. I don't know if he's in the league now. He might still be at ASU, but there's a point guard on the ASU basketball team named Remy Martin. Yes. <laughs> wow. There must be a Hennessy out there then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And then the uh, the last one um is a wide receiver over at LSU. Um, by the name of, and I, this is his real name. I want people to understand it. His real name, Da D A Coldest C O L D E S T, the Coldest Crawford. Wide the Coldest, yeah, the Coldest. No, I love I'm, it. For people who are listening, you just go look it up. Go type it in LSU wide receiver, the Coldest Crawford. That is his real government name, by the way, Travis. Outstanding. Not a nickname, the Coldest. <laughs> So good. What's next, Funch? All right, guys. Um, so we had some talk yesterday, uh, some NFL Hall of Fame talk with you and DeMarco yesterday, Travis. Um, yeah. And even we were talking about it in the control room, me and Emily, about guys making the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. Uh, ProFootballReference.com has a gauge based on players' careers, a percentage chance of making the Hall of Fame. So with that, we're going to play the Hall of Fame probability game. Okay. I'm going to give you a player. You guys give me the percentage chance he has of making a haul, and the person the person closest to the number without going over will get the point. Okay. And is I this like on that. first time, or is this at all like making it to the Hall of Fame? Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again, Emily. Is this yeah. on the first time that he could be on the ballot, or is this of all time if he can ever get all, to the Hall of Fame? All time. Of all time. Okay. Yeah. Just get in. Yeah. All right. Cool. First so, ballots. Yeah. I mean, so with that, we'll start with. L.A. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. You guys give me a percentage chance of him making a Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, I'll Trav. say that Matt Stafford has a 65% chance of ending up in the Hall of Fame. 
Ooh, I um I will go I'll say 75%. 75%. I'm going to go 56. Wow, you guys all went over. Mm. Ooh. Profootballreference.com has Matthew Stafford at 49.6% of making a Hall of Fame right now. 50-50 shot. Yeah. Yeah. So Emily's going to get the I point. My, yeah, mine well, is Wait, wait till projection. Matt Stafford takes the Rams to the Super Bowl exactly. this year. There you go. Might go up another 20% after and that. that. Number's going right up to the top. Yep. All right, guys. Um, we're going to go to troublemaker Antonio Brown. Ooh, good question. Kirk, you want to go first on yeah, this one? Yeah, I'll go first on this one. I'd say Antonio Brown, I would give him an 80% chance to make the Hall of Fame. If his we're his just resume talking- alone. Yeah, yeah. His resume. The problem is, got, just got a was, ring, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. If his resume was just his Pro Football Reference page, <laughs> he would be a hundred percent. The problem is, the resume has a backside, and it has all the other stuff on it too. So that has to go into. I'm gonna say that that that's got to. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go again. Sixty-five. Sixty-five percent. Emily. I'm going to probably go 70. I think that I'm going to kind of split the difference between you guys because, again, I feel like people who have had bad reputations have still gotten to the Hall of Fame. So right. I think it's going to it's gonna happen. Kurt Morrison gets the point. He has a 98% chance oh, of yeah. making a Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. 98. His, his, yeah. He's for, and, and the one uh, criteria that I always have thought about with the Hall of Fame is that were you the most dominant player in your era? And – Four yes. years in a row, he was an all-pro. I've yeah. seen guys with less all-pros go to the Hall of Fame. All right, guys. I'll, the last one here. Um, we'll make this worth 10 points. So basically, whoever gets this <laughs> one, last question is going to win the game here. So uh, we're going to go Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. Oh, 98%. That's a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hundred as well. No, no chance he's not in the Hall of Fame. First ballot no itself. Well, guys, uh, looks like Travis wins the game because yeah. Rob Gronkowski has a ninety percent chance of making the Hall of Fame. Oh wow! Travis. Here's why it's not a hundred. He could rob a bank tomorrow, and <laughs> if he if he does, he's not going in. That's why it's not a hundred. And no. I did look. Let me be very clear. I'm not. If if he were deceased. He would be a hundred percent chance to go in, but the fact that he's still out there, able to make a bad decision or two, maybe uh, that's what takes that final ten percent off uh, of the way. Speaking of the NFL, Kirk and I are going to talk about the Rams and the practice that they had yesterday, the joint practice with the Raiders. It was, it was pretty sloppy along the way. I'll ask Kirk whether or not he thinks we have anything to worry about right there. But if you had to make the pick, Shohei Ohtani or Mike Trout, that's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, seven ten ESPN.